Do you ever experience the feeling of jealousy in your relationships? Or maybe you've experienced your partner having overwhelming feelings of jealousy. Today, we're discussing jealousy, that green-eyed monster, how it can affect you and your relationships and what you can do about it. If you'd like to find out more about how you can improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where you can also take our free online conflict style quiz and discover your conflict style in your relationships. And press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's podcast and today we're talking about the topic of jealousy and how it can affect your relationships. Yeah, jealousy is usually one of these feelings that uh, is experienced as a a negative feeling, as a feeling that is to be avoided. So it doesn't feel nice to be jealous. And it also doesn't feel very nice to be at the receiving end of jealousy by a jealous partner. So usually, most of the time, the associations are quite negative, aren't they, with jealousy? Yes, I think we've built up this strong negative association with jealousy, which, you know, it's portrayed in lots of books and films as usually quite a negative thing where jealousy can lead people to really violent acts and of course you know we do see this in in real life there are mm. many stories in in the press and the media where we see somebody that's driven to extreme behavior through jealousy mm. um and you know there, there are old films like for example the um fatal attraction yes <laughs> where you know somebody has an affair that the person they have an affair with then gets completely jealous about the other person and ends up, you know, even putting this bunny in a pot. <laughs> the bunny boiler yeah. ending. Good. Yes. Yeah. So that was a, that was a really good example of uh, how, you know, obsessive, morbid jealousy, how far it can drive someone to actually wanting to kill another person. Yes. So I'd rather kill you than have you. That sort of, than not have you is yes. the idea, and, right? And we do see stories like this, unfortunately, in the media where this does does happen. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it, like you said, it often has a very negative connotation. And if we express jealousy in our behaviour in a violent or aggressive way or a controlling way, of course, that is very, you know, that is something we need to move away from. Yeah, well, I was just about to say that. I mean, for some people, actually, jealousy, they don't have a negative association with jealousy, but they think that if my partner is jealous, that means that they love they love me, basically. They're interested in me. If they're not jealous, if I'm allowed to kind of go around and flirt with other people, for example, then surely my partner doesn't love me enough. So you can also have that kind of opposite um, association for some people. Yeah, so that's just, you know, let's just put, make this clear for everybody because we spoke about the negative side, mm. but jealousy is a very normal feeling or it's a very normal emotion for, for most people. Mm. I think, in fact, if we didn't experience any jealousy of any sort of, you know, any level of jealousy, I think that would be fairly abnormal in, in relationships where mm. we value somebody because, mm. you know, in, in terms of those that we care about, we want to remain close to and if we see particularly if we're in a close personal or intimate relationship if we see that person potentially mm. uh, moving away from us then those feelings of jealousy of that that desire to remain with them 
Yeah, it uh, it would, as you say, a sort of a normal reactive uh, type of jealousy that arises when you see, for example, your partner, you know, being at a party and being very engaged with someone, someone else, and it seems quite flirtatious. It's kind of normal to have some fear, maybe even just a mild fear, usually quite a mild fear of, oh my God, you know, am I going to, is this other person going to snatch them away from me? So because jealousy is always associated with a fear of loss, isn't it? Losing your partner to a rival who then takes them away. And as you say, it's kind of a, a mild form of jealousy is quite normal in a in a relationship where there has been an attachment, either in a romantic relationship or it could be with friends. You know, you can be jealous of your friend having uh, your best friend coming along with a new friend, for example, it can be quite threatening potentially. So, a normal jealousy, uh, a normal reaction to this kind of situation would be to have a mild form of jealousy. Yeah, exactly. So when there's when there seems to be some sort of emotional or sort of sexual interaction between uh, the partner and a rival, then there is this this reaction to that event. So you know, normal feelings with that might be sort of fear, mm. anger, and also sadness, which are part of jealousy. Mm. Uh, and like you said as well, we can also talk about reactive jealousy, which. Um, which is where the partner you know sees that jealousy as well and and it's it see it as a sign of love and caring mm. so it can also you know by having that mild awareness that there is some jealousy for the partner which isn't something to be made but mm. that also reassures that they are still desirable too Yes. So, you know, some people would argue that if there's no jealousy or that there, if there's a complete absence of any kind of uh, jealousy, that that's slightly abnormal as well, because it might be a sign of a low attachment. It might be a sign of uh, too much submission. It could be all sorts of, it could be, you know, you know, it could be a sign of that there's something not quite right in the relationship. So we want to look at some sort of a balanced view here, really, in terms of what's uh, what's acceptable in terms of mild forms of jealousy um, now so there is this kind of normal form of jealousy but then there's also a slightly uh, more disturbing or troublesome form of jealousy where your partner for example where you or your partner are kind of anticipating that something might happen where there's an anticipation of an event for example your partner um, goes to a party and you get really really worried about your partner meeting somebody at this party and running off with them or um, you know flirting with them having sex with them or whatever so where there's not where there's actually nothing's actually happened and you haven't witnessed anything but you're getting sort of anxious already in anticipation of what might happen Yes, what that can lead to as well is where um, somebody may engage in behaviours to stop them contacting other people mm -hmm. or to try and keep them at home, for example, to, to, to prevent them from going to the party. Mm -hmm. uh, and that can be done in various ways. It could be very direct. It could also be through, you know, whether it's sort of um, starting some, some need for help or whatever it might be to direct the person to avoid them going out. Mm. So when it's some sort of controlling behaviour quite frequently. Mm. Yeah, so because um, another form of jealousy is also, which is also just has, can tip over into this kind of controlling behaviour is where uh, one person is continuously preoccupied with the idea that their partner might be uh, running off with someone else, leaving the relationship, having 
having a relationship with someone else. So this kind of anxious, preoccupied, we've talked about attachment styles before, um, anxious, preoccupied, um, fear um, that the partner might not be present, that the partner might not be faithful, um, that they could kind of basically disappear. So it's a, a very intense feeling of loss all of the time. Um, and of course, a lack of trust, ultimately, that the partner will be um, staying in the relationship. Yeah, and I think frequently with some of that rumination as well, it's sort of, mm. even when the partner would never be unfaithful or kind of wander off with somebody else, in the person that's jealous, in their mind, they're already picturing it. Mm. So they create it in their minds, even though it's not reality. Mm. So it, it can be, you know, very troubling. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, so what might be the, the coping strategies uh, for somebody who struggles with... Um, uh, insecure forms of jealousy, let's call it that, sort of unhealthy forms of jealousy. So there might be, they could be quite uh, aggressive, of course, with their partner and get into constant arguments about, you know, you shouldn't be, you can't go out like that, your, um, your skirt is too short, for example, that kind of, you know, aggressive behavior towards the partner, controlling be behavior, uh, controlling behavior towards the partner. Or it could be this sort of punishment through silence, the more passive-aggressive uh, response to um, being dissatisfied with the situation. It's like avoidance. It's like an avoidance, yeah, exactly. So off maybe physically, emotionally. Mm. Yeah. So this is sort of these are the sort of more immature um, responses to having jealous feelings. Now a slightly more mature. A couple, I would say, arguably, or somebody who has more maturity, they might have this, they might have these unhealthy feelings of jealousy, but hopefully they would raise it with the partner and have a discussion about it so that it's on the table. It's not, it's not running sort of underground all the time in the relationship, but it uh, gets addressed and the partner has uh, an opportunity maybe to provide some reassurance that actually there's no reason here that for this fear. You know, the attachment is strong, the relationship is not threatened by any outside people. Yes, and, and another important coping strategy is to be able to regulate yourself emotionally. Mm. So self-soothe. So, you know, because essentially with that jealousy as well comes often that sense of, sort of anger, it's like mm. that fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. So there's a risk. So it might be a risk to your own sort of personal safety, mm. but it's safety of that relationship. So again, it's firing off that the sympathetic nervous response. Mm. So in terms of being able to, to cool down, in terms of being able to regulate that emotion is really important. Mm. As we talked about in previous podcasts, you know, we have that initial reaction and the reaction, that reaction, that emotion of jealousy, that immediate, fairly immediate response can be quite intense. Mm. So it's beginning to settle that down so that we can actually start to start to get the kind of um, the, the higher cortical functioning of the brain online, because that goes out the window when we're overridden by the emotion. Mm. Yes, and I think the the other um, issue here also in terms of regulating jealousy, we've talked in our previous podcasts about shame. Um, and of course, there's a very strong correlation between jealousy and shame because jealousy is 
uh, experienced as a negative emotion, it therefore isn't put on the table, it therefore isn't communicated because very often the person who experiences jealousy um, experiences it as shameful. And as we know, shame usually goes underground, you hide it, you hide it, you cover it up, you don't actually bring it out into the open. Um, as we've also previously said uh, in the previous episode about shame, that um, the enemy of shame is empathy. So if uh, the jealousy can be named with the partner, can be talked about without a feeling of shame, there's a much greater chance that it can be addressed, and particularly if your partner has got the capacity to be empathic about this, to not immediately dismiss it as, well, you know, this is silly, you shouldn't feel like that, but actually to listen, to have to listen to what that might feel like, then the jealousy might actually subside. Absolutely. But I think also with that is the importance of how you communicate. Yeah. It. Because we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but if we put this across in a blaming way, like you're always speaking to those people, you know, you're mm. clearly kind mm. of flirting with them, mm. then the other, your partner will get defensive. Mm. So it's, it's about finding a way to put this across and just expressing that you're having this experience where when some things happen, being specific but not blaming, mm. almost describing it like a movie and mm. saying, you know, you experience yourself or you interpret that and you know it's your interpretation. So being clear that mm. you're not putting the fault onto the other person. So I think it's really important mm. to learn strategies to communicate that properly. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, this is the big problem is that sometimes when, when somebody has a lot of jealousy mm. and they try to communicate it, it comes across to the other person in a negative way and can actually push the other person to make them become more likely to, Absolutely. to be unfaithful. Yes. I mean, this is what I see quite a lot is, mm. you know, sometimes that anxiety, that, that sort of anxious, preoccupied attachment style, mm. Mm. You know, that constant wondering, uh, is, are you seeing somebody else or whatever it is, mm. after a while that person can't cope with that or deal with it and... They are, it is more likely to fracture that relationship. Yeah, because it usually, of course, um, jealousy often ties into very low self-esteem, doesn't it? So if you, um, if you think that you are not lovable, ultimately, that you're not wanted... Um, that you know you, you find it quite difficult that other person that the other person can actually love you, then you're much more likely to always question their motivations, um, to wonder all the time, is this person really really with me? Are they on my side? Um, and if you can if you can communicate that to your partner, you're much more likely to fall onto open ears rather than the, the blaming statements, as you say, Tom. Yeah? So there's something more about you know, using these I statements. I really feel insecure in these situations. And I don't like feeling like that. If it makes me feel uncomfortable, but this is what I struggle with. What is it um, that we can both do here? Or what can I do here in this situation? And of course, sometimes this is your material, right? This is your psychic material might have to be addressed by you in the first instance. Uh, and your partner might not ever offer you all the assurances that you ultimately require to feel confident and uh, and safe in this relationship. So it might be something that you have to work on yourself. Um, but I think it can also be further 
supported uh, by a partner, once it's clear that there's a real vulnerability here at the heart of this, that there's something that you really struggle with, I think then you're much more likely to have a, a, a partner who's engaged in that, who can who can be open to your experiences. Um, but as is, yeah, as you say, Tom, it's all about how it gets brought across. Yeah, what you are, what you're feeling, because it's un, it's really uncomfortable, isn't it? It's horrible f to feel jealous. Nobody likes to feel like that. No, and you know, like you said, yes, so that communication and for both people to listen and both people to to find mm. a way to kind of communicate that to each other is really important. And like you said, that sort of low self-esteem very much is connected. Mm -hmm. So and and that negative self-image. If you believe that you're unlovable, then you're never when when even when your partner is showing love, you never really feel that they do love you. Mm. And if you don't feel that you're lovable, then you're constantly going to see that maybe your partner is going to be attracted to somebody else because you don't see yourself. You have that negative self-image. Mm. And in some ways, that's you know, I suppose that's different from self-esteem too. In yeah. some ways, because self-esteem yeah. is often in comparison to somebody else. So I, I was reading the other day that um, I may get this a little bit wrong, but um, I think it was Jeff Bezos and his. I can't remember if it's his new wife or fiance. Mm. Um, basically, there there was something on Twitter about Leonardo DiCaprio talking to <laughs> the, the the fiance or the wife, and I think Leonardo DiCaprio was joking about something, you know, just basically flirting or something with the wife. And I I think you know somebody who is is in that position of somebody like Jeff Bezos, who's probably has. I imagine in, in many mm. regards has a very high self-esteem or self maybe self-regard. We don't know that. But then yeah. suddenly if there's a film star who maybe you see as potentially in, in that particular area as having kind of somehow more charismatic attributes, mm. in that context you might have those fears, whereas you wouldn't normally have them. Mm. So I suppose in different contexts as well, when we start comparing ourselves about different people we could go into a different situation and experience jealousy when we normally wouldn't. Yeah, that's true. Or there's also another dimension here, and I wonder, I mean, I don't know Jeff Bezos, no idea what goes on in his head yeah, psychologically. Yeah. But I think it makes me think of actually there is a form of um, jealousy that can be really quite very, very troublesome, which is very often, I think there's often a link between jealousy and narcissism. So um, very often jealousy can have more to do with a form of sort of self-love and narcissism than it can have, you know, than, you know, than focusing on the other person and being really worried about losing the other person. So um, with this sort of more narcissistic kind of uh, jealousy, um, that can become so controlling then as well. That's like almost, you know, you lose your partner and your partner is just an extension of yourself, so to speak. It's the person who you're really loving is not your partner. It's just uh, yourself, seeing yourself reflected in your partner, so to speak. Yeah, and, and of course, ultimately, narcissism will come down to that total lack of belief that you are lovable as well. So mm. that total low self-esteem, mm. which is guarded and defended by the sense that you are perfect in every way so again yeah that controlling sort of making sure that the environment is controlled to reinforce that perfection that you see in yourself is is, is ultimately the key mm. because anything that shows that there might be a crack 
would be you know, unbearable in some ways. Mm. So I suppose, you know, making sure, you know, the, those feelings of controlling sort of preemptive jealousy. Mm, mm, that's right, yeah. yeah. And also I think another interesting dimension of jealousy um, that often can play out in couple relationships is what we call projective identification. Um, and this doesn't just relate to jealousy. Pro projective identification is about any kind of form of any feelings that you have, that you experience, which you experience as troublesome, feelings that you don't want to have, that you like to get rid of, so to speak, because they're uncomfortable, they make you not feel good about yourself, etc. Um, so because the feelings are so unbearable, what you do is you kind of expel them, so to speak, and expel them out of yourself and pass them on to your partner. So very often this happens with anger, for example. You might have angry feelings and then you might say to your partner, don't be so angry, right? And they say, well, I haven't been angry. Yes, you're angry. Yes, I can see that you're angry. The same is true with jealousy often that maybe um, you might have some fantasies about approaching someone else, flirting with someone else. And because you're troubled by these feelings, you then accuse your partner of doing the very same thing, of having the same fantasies and the same desires and wishes. So you accuse your partner of jealousy, um, and that might be actually a feeling that you yourself hold. Now, this is a difficult and complex um, experience, uh, projective identification. It's not, of, it's not very often um, easily noticed. It might be more, more easily noticed in couples therapy where, of course, this plays out a lot. I witness this a lot. But, you know, ask yourself, if you're feeling so jealous, if you are so jealous of your partner, if you're so worried that your partner is going to run off with someone else, does this maybe tap into your own desires? Does this actually reflect your desire to run off with someone else? Yes, and, and that can also be behavioural as well, some of the projection where someone may engage in behaviours that makes the other person jealous mm. so they can then accuse them of mm. being jealous. It may happen unconsciously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but some of that behaviour is, is kind of ultimately manifested through their own behaviours because that's what, you know, that, that's their unconscious things that they're kind of holding within them. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, you know, unless there's anything else you want to talk about with this side of it, I think it might be good to talk a little bit about some things you can do with jealousy because... Yeah, we talked a lot about different types of jealousy, um, but the question is, what do you do with it? And as we spoke about earlier, is jealousy for many people, and probably for most people, is, is a fairly normal and, and can be a healthy reaction. Mm. But it's what you do with it afterwards. So it's when you, you know, noticing that feeling and knowing that it's not something that you need to have shame about. Because mm. I think that's the key is, you know, if you find that you feel jealous, you know, we, we've almost got instilled within us from society that I shouldn't be feeling like this. Mm. And that can make it even worse. It's like you're trying to put a lid on the bottle of jealousy and it gets shaken up more and more until it, it just builds up and explodes. Mm. But I think sort of recognising that response that you're having, knowing this is a fairly normal response. I mean, I don't think we spoke about... You know, some theories of jealousy as well from an evolutionary perspective is that, you know, in evolutionary terms, you know, we, ha we have this instinct that we want to make sure that you know, we preserve our gene pool, that mm. we essentially that our partner isn't going to wander off. We want to you know, preserve that relationship. 
mm. in a more you know in a, in a more social way we see that you know it's 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 a way to make sure that we keep that social link with those that we care about so it's normal response when when somebody that we care about may seem to be giving their attention to somebody else over us mm. so in some ways it is a normal response so it's being aware when we're having that and knowing that this is a response to a situation that's happening now, but being aware of when we start to kind of feed too much into that, when we give it too much power, when that when we let that emotion run us rather than us being aware that that is an emotion that's taking place. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's certainly when it uh, reaches the kind of stage where you're constantly preoccupied with jealous thoughts, then that's more troublesome, isn't it? That's something that needs to be addressed. Uh, and I think it might have to be actually with jealousy if, if you know if you experience this quite intensely and you constantly you're also aware that it's quite damaging for your relationship because it causes obviously problems for your partner if they're constantly being um, interrogated for example then this is something that might have to be addressed uh, in a therapeutic setting where you can explore what the root causes are of um, your jealousy, of this insecurity, because it goes back to an insecurity, a fundamental insecurity, uh, an insecure attachment style, for example. So that might be something that can be then explored in more detail in, um, in an ind individual therapy setting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think not even being constantly questioned, it's like if it's regular at all, that's going to be a problem in a relationship yeah, unless yeah. it's handled in the right way yeah and i think if you know that you do have these feelings regularly and they're difficult to deal with speaking to a therapist is a really great solution mm -hmm. and you know like you said it could be to do with our attachment styles when we're very young mm -hmm. it can also be that you know maybe we have had some bad experiences yep. in relationships yeah, in adulthood that where maybe we were very much in love with somebody mm. and they they were unfaithful. Mm. And as a result, then, you know, it, mm. it'd be quite normal mm. then for our minds to start to worry, is this going to happen again? Yeah, when because trust has been... Yeah, heart. when your trust has been undermined, yeah, right? So if your trust yeah. is undermined at any point mm. in your life, it's, it's really, you know, really quite natural for this to happen. Mm. And knowing that, that this, this isn't going to happen every time... Mm. Um, and, and one of the challenges, I think, with love is for real love, we have to open our hearts. We have to trust. So it's that dynamic of that knowing that in order to have love, we have to open our hearts and open ourselves up to potential pain. But it's only by opening our hearts and having that trust that we can allow ourselves to really love. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's also back to that, to being able to be vulnerable with your partner and particularly talking about these shameful experiences in a relationship is not easy. It's very challenging for most people, I think. But once you open up this conversation, it might actually lead you to more connection with your partner. I, I really, truly believe that. Uh, if it's done in the way that we that we outlined earlier on, if it's done with openness, with a desire to understand what you're experiencing, what your partner is experiencing, then I think it can actually take you a long way. Absolutely. We've spoken before in some different approaches, like, for example, um, acceptance and commitment therapy. And I think with some of these emotions, that could be really useful, mm -hmm. is accepting that we have this response, mm -hmm. but not letting it run us. Mm. So we have our thoughts. We might have a thought that, oh, maybe my maybe my partner is seeing this other person. Maybe my partner fancies this person because they're speaking to them at the party. Mm. 
But just because you're having that thought, it's not reality. That's right. It's just a thought. These are thoughts that we've learned at some point in our life in response to the situations we've been in, in response to the relationships or the way we've been brought up. Um, but these thoughts don't necessarily relate exactly to what's happening now. Mm. So it's that awareness that we're having thoughts, we're having feelings, but these are, these are kind of travellers from the past that we bring with us. So it's not necessarily relating to the situation now. Yeah, and that's really, I think that's a really good one. way to end here, isn't it? Yeah. Travellers from the past, I like that. Great. So please tune in again next week and head over to relationshipmaze.com uh, where you can find out more about how to improve your relationships and press subscribe right now. And take good care. Until then. Bye.